Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your WebmasterRadio.fm program will begin shortly following this message. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, Blackberry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. By downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musick. And welcome, folks. We've been talking about funding and financing for a little while here, and we're going to keep that up at CEO Coach. Uh, It's the thing that drives everybody in startup. It's what keeps them awake at night and what keeps them going during the day. And sooner or later, some portion of folks in startup decide it's time to raise some money, or they think about it at least. They look for angels or venture capitalists. If you just need a few hundred thousand, maybe up to a million, you're looking around the angel investment sector, maybe even a couple of million. Uh, once you get a little larger than that, you're going to go into the VC arena, certainly around the five, ten, and so on beyond, you're in the venture capital arena. But let's talk about what happens at the angels groups. I've been visiting a few of them lately, and I've had the pleasure of being in the room as an investor rather than as a presenter, so I get to see and hear what goes on in the room after the presenter leaves the room. So today's topic is, what angels say when you leave the room. Everybody kind of wants to know that. You know, if you could be a fly on the wall then, well, I'm your fly on the wall. That's what this show is about. So let's talk about a little bit about what happens. The first thing I notice is that the conversation is generally dominated by three to four people. The same people comment and ask questions again and again. They drive the conversation around it with 
asking cogent questions or they have some kind of experience in the background about whatever vertical market they're listening to today and they say, well, I know somebody in this space, I know somebody who did that, uh, gee, I know that somebody was uh, grappling with that other problem and those kinds of things. So good or bad, they have some kind of background and they start dominating the conversation. It doesn't mean that these are the same people who will invest. Often, a conversation, for example, around biotech seems to be dominated by folks who already have investments in biotech, so that is their sector, but they may be looking at competitive products that same day so or services. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're your investors, and other people may join in based on what this guy's got to say, but in general, going to be dominated by a few who have some experience and probably some investment in the field. Here are the most common things I hear when the person leaves the room. Did you get that? That's usually the moderator. And there are a lot of blank faces. I would say a good two-thirds to three-quarters of the folks in a room, uh, angels, didn't get what the presenter was trying to say. Right? They didn't have vertical market experience. They tend to be older, not all, but they tend to be older. They don't necessarily have technology backgrounds, biotech backgrounds, energy uh, backgrounds, whatever it is. They have financial backgrounds. Or they did whatever they did. They've got some money and they've decided part of their investment strategy will be something in the startup world. They've decided for whatever personal reason. Sometimes it has to do with being sociable. Right, You can go to Merrill Lynch and have them invest your stuff in, in the major stock market, but some of these guys were really there just because there was a sociable element to taking some portion of the money they'd amassed in life and investing it in startups. It was a conversation starter. Right? They didn't get it. Next one. I'm not sure where the money is coming from. They couldn't get the revenue streams clear in their head. What exactly are they trying to sell? Again, another version of they didn't get it. Is there IP around that? Now, notice they didn't say, is there patentable IP or is there protectable IP? They just want to know if there is IP, intellectual property itself. In other words, is there an algorithm, a, uh, something that can be kept as a corporate secret, uh, something that's somehow a better mousetrap that will have a reasonable barrier to entry for anybody? They're looking for some IP around it. Next question, what's the barrier to entry? Absolutely. As soon as they get around whatever it was they didn't understand from the presenter, these three or four, maybe five people will explain to the rest of the group in more layman's terms what's going on there, especially if they're interested. Right? But if they're not, they kind of brush it off. But if they're interested and they've explained it, then people say, so what's the barrier to entry? Why can't somebody else do that? I didn't get the USP, the unique selling proposition. So again, that has to do with competition. How do you place yourself in the field? What's the life cycle on this idea? There's an interesting question. I heard it again and again. A concept of a life cycle of an idea is a traditional concept. Right? It's how long a product is going to remain on the shelf and in the public usage, if you will. Hula hoops came and went. So did Spaldines. They still have a shelf life. There are still hula hoops out there. There are still Spaldines out there, uh, but they're not in their bell curve of, of the height of 
their excitement. Things that would have more precise bell curves would be something like Blockbuster. It came and went in less than a generation. In under 20 years, it became extremely popular and extremely successful and went right back down again as a brick-and-mortar entity as other forms of delivery took over the process. So life cycle of the idea is something rarely described or discussed by the presenters, and it is on the minds, again, of these generally older investors. Who else is in the field, they want to know. All right, so again, that's, uh, you know, is there a barrier to entry stuff? Uh, Didn't get the unique selling proposition again. We're still talking about competitors. Who else is in the field? And, of course, the corollary, what are they doing? I know plenty of competition in that arena, and she or he didn't seem to know about them. That's a scary one. If you as the presenter are not aware of your playing field, and your potential investors are, you are immediately sunk. So we're going to take a quick break here at uh, CEO Coach on Webmaster Radio. When we come back, I'm going to talk about constructing your deck, how to look at it, how it feels, and how to get this stuff right, answering the right questions, and making sure you understand the purpose of this entire presentation. This is Julian Music at CEO Coach on Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contract required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. With Maria Retail. No better person in joining me today than Audrey Reed Granger. What do you think makes an iconic brand? I give the example all the time of sitting in a big planning meeting here at Warful Corporation. We're sitting in a meeting and we're discussing laundry. And we're in a room full of men. And we're talking about a brand dedicated to women, Whirlpool Brand. All the men were romanticizing laundry. They were talking about it <laughs> as a quote, and they wrote it up on the whiteboard as a labor of love. Maria, a labor of love. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would classify it that way. Purse strings. Purse strings. Live broadcast Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Weapons of Mass Marketing. Presented by RavenTools.com. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
And welcome back. We're talking about funding and financing again. Today, it's what the angels say when you leave the room. Bad stuff. Things like, did you get that? Where's the money coming from? Is there IP around it? What's the barrier to entry? And worst, I know plenty of competition in that field, and she or he doesn't seem to know anything about them. So how do you construct a deck that addresses the right questions, doesn't overwhelm an audience, and make sure that they get it, just for starters? Treat it like an executive summary. If you haven't written an executive summary about your business, this is a good time to start. The executive summary is your deck written down in prose. So it just means that people can receive the information in different ways. A deck has images, and yes, a picture is worth a thousand words. Use as many as possible. Don't just put up bullets and read the bullets. It sucks. And that's for any presentation. So anytime you can use images, graphs, representations that would uh, connect your idea to something in the minds of the people listening so that they get it, they understand it, they go, oh, it's like that. We're looking at similes and so on. The better off you are. The second thing would be um, understanding that as you give somebody an executive summary, they may be a learner, a reading kind of learner. They're a book learner. So they can read your executive summary. That's great, and they'll get it. But the other one is more auditory. While you have these images to help make people understand what's going on, you also provide an auditory background, if you will, a running stream of what you're trying to get across. So delivery is critical. Treat it, one, like an executive summary, which means it's short, it's sweet, and for heaven's sakes, it must be organized. I can't tell you how many... uh, presentations I've seen and heard in the last few weeks that have such disorganization that I can understand easily why the group didn't get it, whatever it was. It was just, it it was a total bomb from the time the person stood up uh, at 15 or 20 seconds in when you realized they were bouncing around the page like what we know in SEO is the Google drunken dance, right? Uh, or you, people show up at a page and you'd think they'd lead, read from left to right, top to bottom, but actually their eyes are flitting all over the page and they just are grasping around for something to click on. It kind of looks like this with a deck. The person who put the deck together was jumping all over his product and his idea and this and that and the next thing and had no idea what to say and how to say it. Bad news. So, executive summary. Next thing is it's short and it's sweet. And it is tightly orchestrated. This is not a time to wing it. There's a wonderful story about Winston Churchill, and I've already told you this, and you've already listened to this, uh, you guys. I'm going to apologize, but here goes. Winston Churchill, during the Second World War, was asked to give a speech on a particular subject, and he was told that he would have an hour to do it. And he said, no trouble, that's fine, and he put it on his calendar, or so his you know, a secretary did or whatever, and that was great. A short time later... Somebody came in, an aide came in and said, oh, I'm so sorry, you will only have 40 minutes to give this speech. You have to leave at such and such a time, and you must be somewhere else. And he was a little unhappy, but he said, fine, he would do it. And again, a few moments later, some uh, aide came in and said, oh, I'm sorry, you really only have 25 minutes to give this speech. The queen has to show up here, and you still have to leave to go over there, and so on. The only amount of time will be 25 minutes. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I don't know my subject well enough. If you know your subject well enough, you can say it concisely. 
if you're babbling on and it takes you 10 and 12 and 15 sentences to get a point across, you have wasted crucial, critical moments because generally your speech is exactly 10 minutes or exactly 12 minutes. Whatever time frame they've given you, it's precise and they will shut you off at that moment. If you are wasting time babbling around sentences and ideas and so on because you cannot say it concisely, then you won't have enough time to complete your presentation with the critical slides that come at the end. And the critical slides do come at the end. They don't come in the beginning. So treat this like an executive summary. Get it together like Winston Churchill. Know your subject well enough. And then address things in order. Again, this is not a time to wing it. In one sentence, you have to be able to say what you have, what it does, and what it solves. You've got seven seconds. That was it. That was seven seconds. That's the amount of time you have. You must say in seven seconds what it is, what it does, and what it solves. Once you've got that line down, that is your famous seven-second deal, right? You now have the rest of the 10 minutes to capture their attention and imagination, if you will. The first one says, did you understand this? They must understand it in the first sentence. Because if they don't, they can't follow you through the rest of the deal. They will be listening politely but already the mind will be turned off because it will be a jumble. They'll be grasping around for what is it this guy's trying to tell me. They can't get it in the first seven seconds. You've lost the ability to get their attention for the balance. How it works. Use generic language. Define everything. You, in your industry-specific knowledge, understand a lot of acronyms, contractions, representations, industry-specific words and the names and so on. All of that's fine. That's called tribal speak. It's the language of your individual business. Don't use it. If you use it, and it's okay, for example, in my world, we would say the SERPs. So I'd say this software is designed to help you see how your a website is doing, it will provide you information about how you're ranking in the search engine result pages, also known as the SERPs. Okay? So first define it, then tell them. And sometimes you even have to say that search engine result pages SERPs. Oh, then they get it. Now you can use the word SERPs again for the balance of your presentation. That will save you precious seconds later but spend a moment to define it first. All right, critical seconds are ticking away as you go. You need to know who your competition is. After you've def said what we do and captured their imagination, right? you have groundbreaking algorithmic something that will help you, I don't know, approach customers better than ever before. Who knows what you're going to say, right? You've got a groundbreaking something. It solves this problem. And then you explain how it works using the generic language and defining anything that anybody is absolutely positively not going to know from sixth grade, you know, education, right? Because they're not in your industry and you want to make sure they're following you. The next thing you need to tell them about is who else is in the field. What is your unique selling proposition? How do you set yourself apart from the competition? The competition does this. 
we do that. We take the competition from this to that. The clarity of the conversation continues as you move things in order. When we come back, we're going to talk about the closing slides, we would call the money slides, both literally and figuratively, in a presentation to angel investors and, of course, to VCs as well. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. State of Search, your home for the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to the final portion of the show. We're going to talk about the money slides in your presentation to an angel investor. The money slides include revenue streams, the industry landscape, your projections, information about your team, and finally, the offer. If you have a pie-in-the-sky, shoot-for-the-stars possibility, you pop it right in there just before the offer. You give them one more shot at seeing the potential of your idea. So let's start with the money slides. The revenue streams, the biggest concern is that people don't understand how you're going to make money. You can devote one, two, or even three slides to this single idea. Show the revenue streams, draw diagrams, identify the people who will be paying you, 
put down your considerate or if you're already making money, your existing uh, revenue streams and pricing structure. If you have a subscription-based service, tell them. If it's as delivered, tell them. If it's a uh, one-off project uh, product and it's got viral marketing, you tell them. Okay, Revenue streams. The second thing is the industry landscape. It's not just about your revenue streams or your projected revenue streams. You want to know about or you want the, the folks in the room to understand that you know what your industry landscape looks like. Who else is playing this game? Who else is selling this stuff? What are they selling it for? What does theirs look like versus yours? We go from that to ours, this to the other thing. The improvements are tremendous. Those kinds of things are about your unique selling proposition. This is about your finances. The other guys are charging X, Y, and Z or such and such much for this other stuff. And we're charging less for something better or equal for something much better or whatever it is, or even more for something better. We're approaching a market that hasn't been hit before. Tell us why you're going to make money around the landscape that exists today. Where do you fit in? Visually, pop yourself in there wherever you're going to sit. Finally, put down some projections about what you expect the money to look like, what you expect the industry landscape to look like. In 2009, it was here. In 2010, we saw a growth of X. By 2014 or 15, we're going to see a market size of X billion dollars. Tell them and make it clear. Tell them how you came up with those numbers. If it sits there in the Nielsen reports, boy, that's easy, right? But whoever it is who projected it and whose numbers you take as gospel truth here, give them credit. If you had to figure it out yourself, tell them how you figured it out. Based on this and that and the other thing, we are able to extrapolate that the market will be X billion dollars by this year. All right. Once you've got the projections down for the revenue streams for yourself and for the industry at large, you need to explicitly tell them that I expect to make $100 million per year by 2012, which represents 2.5% of the market. Is that a reasonable piece of the market to capture? How many people is that? 100 people, 1,000 people, uh, uh, 1,200 customers? How many? Let them know exactly what the numbers mean in relation to each other. If you don't say it explicitly, that's precious moments later that they'll have to figure it out themselves. They're wasting time trying to figure out whether the numbers make sense when they could be spending time deciding on whether or not yours was the brightest idea in the shed because that's the thing that makes you uh, provide the spark, right? Okay, next piece. Once you have the money slides set down, you want to look at the team itself. Angels in particular, but VCs as well, because they are nothing but angels with larger budgets, right? Invest in people first, industries second, and ideas third. So this is where we learn to suit up for the show, right? Get yourself dressed for the show, play the part, make sure that you are presentable as a power player in the field. This doesn't mean put on things that you don't feel comfortable in. We talked about that last week. It just means suit up for the show. It means that you should connect to people who are investors. Let them know that you understand the value of their part in your game here. You know what they're bringing to the table and that the money is valuable enough to you 
that you will speak to them in ways they understand, address them in ways that make them comfortable. And certainly there's somebody, you are somebody they can become comfortable with. All right. So people first, industry second, and ideas third. So if your industry is not what they're interested in, it's okay. When you're giving your presentation, you'll see a lot of glazed eyeballs, a lot of folks texting on their Blackberries. It's okay. It just means that that guy's a technology investor and you're a biotech or a new energy guy. It's okay. He's not your guy. She's not your gal. Talk to the people who do have their eyes looking at you, who are riveted to the presentation, and keep making eye contact with those folks. The ideas are third. Once these people have decided that they already are in the industry, that you know, you're in the industry they're interested in, and that you are somebody they can connect with, then they're listening to your ideas. So make sure that idea comes across. Advisory boards are a great way to get power players associated with your business. If you can find folks who have already had successful exits in your industry, folks who have their names on patents and things like that, and gather them and put them into your uh, advisory board and then have a slide that delineates exactly who they are and don't wait for somebody else to read it. You read that slide carefully. Spend time on these people who are the power players, right? If they've signed on, then they give you credence and they speak to the veracity of what you're saying already, all right? That's the due diligence these guys can do later. They can go check up on these guys, see why these guys believe in you, and check up on how good they are. Finally, the hottest tip, bring an investor with you to support you after you leave the room. I went to one uh, angel group in Vancouver just last week, and they encouraged people who were presenting to bring an investor with them. And the investor had complimentary access to the group So for the day. That was great stuff. Having your investor with you means your investor can defend you, explain what couldn't be done, can pick up any pieces that you might have flubbed on later, and, and tell the room why you invested and why they should invest as well. The penultimate slide is the potential. This is your pie in the sky, shot at the stars, dream, you know, big. This is your slide that says, and here's the possibility. Be very straightforward about what your chances of that possibility are. Hopefully, you have something that says, I have a solid business model right here that'll keep you going and give you a good investment, and here's your shot at the stars. This is where we can go to the the big guys, right? Possibly you don't have that. You're pre-money, you're pre-development or mid-development or whatever, and you don't have that. It's either balls to the wall and shoot for the stars altogether, or it's nothing at all. If so, make it clear. Once again, it doesn't mean everybody in the room is going to be an investor. It means there will be far fewer investors because angels tend to be a little more sedate, if you will. They like the shot in the sky, but they also like that comfort zone. VCs? No, don't worry so much about that. They're all about that. All against the wall, go for the big stuff only and, you know, race for the end. Right? They're all about that. So be straightforward. You will still find your investor. It only takes one or two. And finally, pop down the offer very clearly. You're, you know, you want this much money. You've already raised that much. It represents X percent of your company. Uh, the price per share is whatever, and uh, whether it's a preferred or not, and so on and so forth. Also, a really good tip is tell them whether or not the initial investors here, if there were some before, have invested at this same number. All right? 
And that's it for today at CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. We'll be back next week with some information about new processes in selling. Looking forward to seeing you again on CEO Coach. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.